Kraken Fancast, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken! Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us here for the second edition of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. We're so psyched to uh, continue this series. Big thanks to all of you who listened. We had hundreds listening to us on our first podcast. We've got tons of great feedback and encouragement. We really, really appreciate that. Kraken Fancast is uh, meant to be a twice a month broadcast during the season and once a month off season. However, we lied. Or actually, we didn't lie. We just changed our mind. There's so much going on right now with a new coach, which we're, of course, going to talk about in a moment. Expansion draft coming up, of course. Just a lot of news. So we're actually going to start going twice a month here in July, because there's just so much to get to. And we haven't even gotten a team yet. It's amazing. It's exciting. Much to talk about. So hence, we have our second edition now, and we'll have our third edition, which I'm really excited about. I'll tell you a little more about that in a bit. It'll actually be our first video online YouTube uh, version of the Kraken Fancast. So we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll be doing that on the expansion draft day on July 21. But first, we've got so much to talk about. What came out of left field? We didn't didn't come out of left field. We knew there was going to be a coach hired. We knew it was going to be really soon. We had all lists of guys that we thought might get it. Some of those guys went on to other teams. Some of them had three interviews. Hello, Rick Tockett. Some of them, you know, were assistant coaches who have a lot of experience were talked about. Didn't see Mr. Dave Haxtall coming. At least I didn't, and I don't think too many people did. Dave's had uh, quite a career, though, to be fair. Uh, Dave, well, the other day was, of course, uh, hired as the first coach ever of the Seattle Kraken, 32nd franchise of the NHL, start playing this October. Uh, Dave's an Alberta native. He's 52 years old, played for a few years, uh, had a solid career with the University of North Dakota, then went on to play for a few years in the old International Hockey League with the Indianapolis Ice and the Minnesota Moose. Never made it to the NHL, but uh, his life has been full in the hockey world. He started off uh, coaching in 1996-97 season with the Sioux City Musketeers in the uh, USHL. And then he had a very long tenure with his alma mater, University of North Dakota, first as an assistant, then three years as an associate coach, and then 11 years, I believe, as head coach. Very successful run at the University of North Dakota. Very high uh, win percentage there. Solid career at the University of North Dakota, helped uh, develop guys like T.J. Oshie, Jonathan Taze, among many other uh, NHL players. And then interestingly, in 2015, he was the first college coach since Bob Johnson many years ago, went from the University of Wisconsin to Calgary Flames. First college coach in a while to be hired in the NHL. Philadelphia Flyers brought him in in 2015-2016 as a head coach. He coached there for about three and a half seasons. Two of those seasons, he ended up in the playoffs, lost in the first round. So he had limited success, but he did okay, arguably. And uh, But was let go in the 2018-2019 season. Didn't stay unemployed very long, though. Very next season, gets hired as the assistant coach with the uh, Mike Babcock-led Toronto Maple Leafs and stayed on after Babcock uh, was fired. He stayed on and played and was the coach with them this past season. And then, you know, out of the blue, he ends up getting uh, the Kraken coaching job. It's interesting, you know, there's a lot of anecdotes. There's been a lot of, just like anything, any hiring, a lot of uh, people happy about it. A lot of people are like, 
what the F, what's going on here, where this guy come from? There's a million opinions of it. There are some anecdotes that he's very hardworking and, and, you know, all the players that he developed, there are some pundits that like him a lot that made me feel a little better, but let's have a little discussion with our guys, Jim Cockrell here and uh, Nathan Gunderson. Guys, uh, Jim, I'll, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts about Dave and your initial reaction and is your initial reaction still your feeling at this point? Hey, how's everybody doing? I think I'm in the same boat as everybody that heard the news. My first reaction was, oh boy. You know, I had to do a little research, although I was aware when he was in Philly, I caught that action and I'm not a big Flyers fan, so I didn't follow it deeply, but I was aware of that. The one stat from college to pro level that always caught me as a surprise too, because there's only two technically. And uh, I'm just surprised there's not more. I know they do the AHL jump or whatever. Most of them come out of the CHL umbrella leagues and the US, but the USHL is a great league actually for your very first start. A lot of good guys have come out of there, both players and coaches. So my first reaction was like everybody else. And then I warmed up over time just because I came to the realization that, you know, this is a brand new expansion club here and they're just doing things a little differently. And I think they want a fresh start with somebody pretty new in the NHL ranks, but more importantly, no blemishes in his past coaching uh, history. I think it's a solid choice, actually. We'll see. It's a coin flip here. Some coaches do great right out of the box. Some fail miserably. Hopefully with the leadership we have here and what's been going on, it'll just be a nice transition and we'll have a nice team to work with, obviously, four lines depth or whatever. And the uh, AHL system, farm system will be deep, hopefully. And he can work with all this talent, you know, and he can work with the scouts, hopefully have a nice inaugural season. Well, interesting thing with him is, okay, so this is going to be his second NHL team stint. And there have been a lot of guys that really, you know, they learned from that first time. Maybe they did a little assistant coaching for a bit. And then their second go around had some success. I think Gerard Gallant, we could say that. Florida Panthers, you know, okay, but had a little stint. But, you know, Vegas was a whole other level for him. Peter Laviolette had kind of mediocre time. I mean, it was an okay time with the New York Islanders. And then he goes to Carolina and uh, in the second year ends up uh, winning the cup with them. And then uh, Bruce Cassidy, uh, while he hasn't won a cup, but boy, his Bruins teams are so solid in recent years since he got that job uh, from Claude Julian. And, uh, but he had a you know, pretty indistinguishable uh, stint with the Caps earlier on. So when he got that Bruins job, it, I didn't see that much success. I didn't know what to think, kind of what I see with Dave uh, Hackstall. So, it, you know, so Nathan, you know, it's many reasons to give this guy a chance, right? Yeah. I was surprised like everybody else. The name sounded familiar. I kept thinking college hockey brought me back to the Midwest. But this organization has been tight-lipped about every aspect of everything going on. Been very good about nothing leaking. I think it's a good choice. Jim couldn't have said it better with it. You know, everything, you know, we just want it to be fresh. Good start, you know, to the organization for a coach that hasn't had a ton of experience but has had some success, you know, getting to the playoffs twice, you know, in the first round, a couple times not. Uh, that can't all be on the coach. I think that it's a good decision. I think with the coaching staff in itself, you know, once we hire out more staff, I think everything's going to blend a little bit better. We got to give the guy a chance. He's uh, he's our new daddy. Yep. You know, we don't have any experience. We don't run the team. So, of course, we have to give him a chance. But, uh, you know, obviously give him our support and, and good vibes for sure. He, uh, 
you know, I, I was touched with Ron Francis when they introduced him. And I also read a little bit about this, of how impressed Ron was with the hard work ethic that a Hackstall has. I mean, above and beyond what he saw from other coaches, right? You know, when they were doing hockey in Europe and Hackstall is like, you know, up at five in the morning going through film. And he just like, he's so dedicated, so hardworking about it. It seems anecdotally, and I haven't gone super deep in it, but it seems anecdotally players like him, or at least young players do. And we're going to have plenty of young players on this new team. So that's a good sign. Um, and, you know, at this point, I have no reason not to, you know, trust in Francis right now, right? You know, the team hasn't started yet. Okay. But just from his pedigree, uh, why doubt him? I, you know, there are some people, especially Flyers fans who I know, oh, he sucks and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's kind of a knee-jerk reaction. And, and people have said, you know, I was also Keith Jones, who an NHL analyst and is, you know, on NBC, he knows the Philadelphia Flyers intimately well from doing broadcasts with that team. And he was saying how, you have to admit, that's a tough team to, to coach, you know, just, just from your organization, the way they were at. They had a lot of veteran players at that time when he was with them. And uh, that's a tough crowd you're around, right? You know, if you don't come out of the box with big success, you're a bum. They set a high expectation in Vegas that we have to try our best to uphold. That was an anomaly. Everybody knows that. But four years in a row, come on, deep into the playoffs every year. Some controversial calls, some games that turned out a little different than they probably should have. Yeah, I think with us, we've got a shot just like everybody else. People say don't expect anything for the first two years. You know, new team, new coach, completely new staff. But I don't think that you should count us out. I think that, you know, Jim once said in another uh, episode that even if we're playing 500 hockey or you're in uh, success. Well, I understand, Jim, that he's, you know, uh, a kind of a defensive-oriented guy. He was mainly dealing with the penalty kill, I guess, uh, for the Leafs. He said, you know, in his press conference, I have to laugh, you know, they all have to say the same thing. We said, well, we're going to have a physical team. If I if I ever hear a coach say, well, we're going to have a laid-back approach, I'll know that the, the world is upside down. Uh, of course, we're going to have a physical team, I'm sure. But what do you have any expectations of what kind of team uh, will this team – be built a little like the Leafs or something very different? Obviously, I don't know, but a couple of things I wanted to touch on that besides the shock value that everybody went through, a lot of us had our minds made up out of three, four, five coaches of rumored over the last six months, some up to a year. So when they started going away, getting plucked away and everything, he started thinking, okay, who are we looking at? Where are we going with this? And then the, then the announcement, and it was almost a little buzzkill, I'll, I'll admit, but it's just what it is. And then we all started reading the, the Twitters and everything else. And you're, you're right about that Philly scene on the Twitter. It's pretty, pretty. Oh man, the meltdowns. <laughs> I was like, you guys are going to suck. I mean, typical Philly stuff, right? It was, it was very entertaining. Actually. I enjoyed it. It was. <laughs> Other than that, there, there was not much negative. There's a lot of um, pro scouts I follow and analysts uh, on, on the uh, social medias. They have nothing but good things to say about him. Now, as far as the team, we've heard the little rumors. Of, he's a defensive style coach. That's fine. Get that out front. I, I prefer that. Build from D forward. I just don't know. You know, of course, we want to build, build a physical team. I, I think they're probably, no matter what, looking for the character guy on top of all that that fits that, that role that he's specializing in. His assistant coaches will handle the other offensive and, the, and special team stuff and the goaltending coaches. The more I think about it, it's just a really solid choice. Also, just a couple other things. I heard eight candidates interviewed. 
two to three multiple times. You know, they really went over this big time. It came with him. So they're happy, I'm sure. And I'm sure he's analytic heavy, probably more so than we've been hearing already. And, you know, coming down to the end there with all the talk at Rumors Forever, I'll be honest, I was never big on talk. It wasn't big on him in his career. He's a good player, obviously, hard-nosed guy, decent production for sure. I just was never a big fan. And I was kind of the whole time thinking, ah, I don't know about that. So I'm happy with Axel, uh, no matter what. On another note, uh, actually a non-Kraken note, I do want to uh, bring something up. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about this. is a courtesy of a Q13 uh, local Fox affiliate. I want to play a little of this. Became a resident, Jim Cockrell remembers those times. His father had season tickets, and attending the Totems games were the perfect family gathering. It was happening. I mean, I was a young kid, but I could see what's going on in, in, at my age, seven, eight. There was just good excitement, and they were really good. The team was really good with the community. There was no other team. The Sonics weren't quite there yet, uh, and so they had a nice little following. The Totems just... We get, we got a little extra celebrity here. We didn't get any, you know, plug for the fan cast, but it's okay. We needed to talk about the Seattle Totems. That was great. So, again, that was a, a few days ago on Q13, uh, c- courtesy of them. Uh, Aaron Levine, the sports director and sportscaster, uh, did a, a story on the Seattle Totems the old uh, WHL team, uh, which Jim intimately knew. He, had, he and his dad had season tickets and went a lot back in the day. And they really, the roots of, uh, uh, so much of the roots of uh, Seattle hockey history is with the totem. So that was a great piece, Jim. And so uh, it was great to hear and see you on that. How'd that come about? Uh, thanks. Uh, man, that was pretty cool, actually, when I got contacted. And uh, I thought, okay, how do we do this? You know, they, they led me on. It wasn't very much uh, audio footage or Zoom footage, actually, but it was edited down to a couple little short 15-second segments that they intertwined with Guile Fielder, who's a legend in Seattle, uh, pro hockey. Also, Tommy McVie was featured in there. And the Q13 just did a really nice production altogether. And they grabbed a couple photos of mine when I was playing amateur. It was nice. There was a couple of things I wish got put in the edit that talked about my sister and I going to the games and running up the old buttress ramps on the north and east side of the, the venue that I keep joking around saying I'm going to christen the new climate pledge by running up those puppies. I love that the end that they were talking about, uh, I mean, there's a rumor, we don't know for sure, but I think it's so appropriate. And I think you and I have talked about of having Guile Fielder drop the first puck. You know, he has to, because I even said that, I think I mentioned something like that at least three years ago when we heard this whole thing going and you automatically pick up, all right, who's going to be that first one? And I, I was thinking Fielder or McFarland, actually. And those two guys were featured on that piece, but it's got to be Guile. And you know, Guile's 90 years old. And when you look at that video, he's doing pretty well. I'd like to see him get up here and do that. It would be so appropriate. Uh, absolutely. So yep. kudos to you, buddy. You know, co-hosting a segment with Guile Fielder and Tom McVie. Look, you got bragging rights you've got now. I guess. That was great. All right. Well, uh, before we go to our next segment, I uh, just want to remind you that Kraken FanCast is brought to you by the Angry Beaver, Seattle's only Canadian-themed hockey bar in, that's located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. And you can join the Kraken FanCast in the future uh, for some of our future broadcasts live at the Angry Beaver. As a matter of fact, next time we have one, it will be on July 21st, which just happens to be day we've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for and it's almost here the expansion draft day which would be so yeah we're biting our nails we're psyched about it uh 5 p.m 
West Coast time. That that's going to be that's going to be something really special. So we're going to be uh, what our intention is is we've got a uh, video producer working with us, and we'll be uh, doing it live on YouTube, and then uh, we'll get that slightly edited down for a podcast to be broadcast a day or two later. So uh, we're super excited about that. So you're going to get to see our ugly mugs pretty soon. Uh, on, on video, so uh, that's coming up in the Kraken fan chat. But then we thank our good buddies uh, at the Angry Beaver for all their support. Okay, and then uh, after I talked about the Angry Beaver, that means it's time for our segment, Chelios Chat, where our man Chelios uh, brings us some insider news, other thoughts. Chelios, we were talking a little bit about assistant coaches. Now, you had your theories about Brenda Moore and Tockett and some other people and didn't come through, but don't feel too bad because 99% of the other people were wrong, too, so it's all good. But, uh, yeah, any thoughts on the assistant coaches or the whole coaching situation is in general? How, how how do you feel about Dave Paxton? Thanks, Chris. Uh, FNA, good day, eh, out there in hockey world. It's Luke Chelios here with a little segment. We're going to talk about Hacks with the Cracks possible assistant coaches here well before we get started we have a contest here any listener that's listening to this podcast is going to have a chance to win a little prize package so mention the word hacks with cracks after the podcast and send it in send it to our fancast facebook group or uh, contact crackenfancast at gmail.com and tell me hacks with cracks and you're entered to a chance to win a little Kraken fan cast prize package. Now we're getting into the talk about hacks, cracks, and the assistant coaches. Well, you know that I'm a huge Swedish hockey fan, kind of like Don Cherry uh, from Canada, not. Grapes didn't really like those Swedes, but I love the Swedes. The number one assistant coach choice that I've got coming in is Ricard Gronborg. He's been rumored for about a year wanting an NHL hockey job. Well, Ricard got a hold of me yesterday from Utah. And what is he doing in Utah? The guy's coaching in Switzerland. He's from Sweden, but he's hanging out in Utah this summer. And he's been interviewing with the Buffalo Sabres for their head coaching job. But if that doesn't come through, expect Ricard Gronborg to end up in Seattle, where he'd be a great associate assistant coach, bringing analytics and European hockey knowledge to the NHL. So groundbreaking with Dave Haxtell coming in, a college hockey coach who broke into the NHL, then an assistant coach, a head coach in the NHL. I think Ricard Gronborg is ready to come to Seattle if he doesn't get that Buffalo job. He's married to a lady from Utah, brought his kids to Utah for the summer, and it's a short flight from uh, Salt Lake City to Seattle for the family. So look for Ricard Gronborg's name to pop up in the next few weeks as a possible assistant coach. And the next name that we uh, might be talking about is Kevin Deneen. He's a former head coach in the NHL, sitting down in San Diego, running the AHL hockey team for the Ducks. They haven't been that successful. Why wouldn't the guy want to come back to Queen Anne where he was a little kid hanging around the key arena when his dad was with the Totems? Kevin Deneen would be a great assistant associate coach. One of those super tight buddies of Ron Francis from the Hartford Whalers days. And he's lived in Queen Anne before. So watch out for Kevin Deneen's name to pop up. I'm not going to go with any more rumors about Rick Tockett. People think he might have uh, had a third interview for an assistant coaching job. I don't think the guy's going to come to Seattle just to be an assistant coach. Moving on, there's one name that I really would like to talk about here today, and it's um, a goalie coach. 
Now, this is a personal hockey colleague of mine out of Montreal. He comes out of the New York Islanders organization. He texted me last night that he's sent his official resume to Dave Haxtell directly. He's looking for an NHL and AHL development goalie coaching job. It's my buddy, Mark Champagne. He worked with Gar Snow and Doug Waite, group in New York Islanders and Bridgeport of the American Hockey League. He's been asking me questions for about a month about Seattle. In fact, when I'm done with this podcast, getting on the pipes and I'm calling Mark Champagne, we're doing a Zoom video for the next show. And we're going to air it at some point about being a goalie coach and a possible Seattle Kraken coach. So there's the names. Ricard Gronberg, Mark Champagne is the goalie coach, and Kevin Deneen coming back to Queen Anne and uh, carrying the torch that Bill Deneen, his father, carried when he was the totems coach and uh, great hockey player here in Seattle. And uh, before we go here, I just got one, one thing to say. Fucking A, hockey in July. It's 119 degrees tomorrow in Yakima, 109 in Seattle, and we're talking hockey. This is the greatest hockey city ever in the world because we're talking hockey in 100-degree weather. We don't have air conditioners. In fact, Porter's taking a hotel room tonight, I think, because his place is so hot. And I'm, I, I may just hang out by the poolside and have a beer with him. And that's it for now. Chelios talking hockey. Remember, keep your stick in the air and celebrate those goals. Amen. I love it. Yes, I can't wait to get in my hotel room and have some AC. Oh, my God. Not a city you want to be in uh, in the hundred plus degree weather, but uh, thanks, Chelis, on that. That's great. You know, you, you kind of make a, an interesting point. You brought up some guys that have some history with Francis. Now, what we were talking about earlier, those guys, the whole organization. You know, Nathan, you said you know really tight lipped, right? We we don't know anything, and and they spring stuff. But there is there does seem to be an underlying tie. There is somebody that had some little history with Ron, even if it was limited it's I, I think you know some some of those guys if they had a little bit of history even a brief one with ron you know there are obviously uh, that that's someone who could come come through so it'll be interesting to see in the coming days and weeks all right everybody uh thanks again for listening and joining us always uh please uh, join us at kraken fancast we have a facebook group page we will be launching our website relatively soon uh, you can catch this on Spotify and eventually having a little issues with Apple, but we're supposed to be getting on that uh, relatively soon too. But Spotify, Kraken looks up Kraken Fancast, and you can find our episodes uh, past and present there. Next one coming up uh, July 21st recording. We will we are aiming to be live on YouTube, and then uh, shortly after that we'll be on. Uh, it'll be on a couple days later on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening. Kraken fan cast, and as always, go Kraken. Go Kraken. Go Kraken.